Hello and welcome to an episode of Case Champion Conversations, a knowledge mobilization initiative showcasing case studies written by McEwen professors and interviews with their community partners, and in this case, students. Case studies are real business problems brought into the classroom to help students apply their academic studies to professional practice and explore how they might solve a similar problem in the future. These conversations are part of McEwen's 50th anniversary celebration and illustrate one way we achieve teaching greatness through scholarship and teaching that is grounded, relevant, trend-setting, and in the mix. I'm Brittany Eklund, and with me here over the phone is Professor Dr. Natalia Himkanyana, a chartered professional accountant and an assistant professor at McEwen University's School of Business. Natalia has several years of experience as an auditor and accountant. Her research interests include financial and management accounting, including managerial aspects for non-profit organizations. Joining us in studio is Mr. Ken Keenleyside, the treasurer of the Edmonton Opera Association and the treasurer and director of finance for Delcon Group of Companies. He has 35 years of experience in commercial banking with the last 24 with the HSBC Bank Canada. Today, we're gonna be talking about the case, Edmonton Opera, Accounting, Financial Analysis, Crisis and Resilience. Thank you, Ken, for joining us in the studio and Natalia for joining us over the phone. Uh, Natalia, if you can start off with a brief overview of the case and then you can begin with your questions for Ken. Thank you very much, uh, Brittany, with such a nice introduction, and I'm really happy to be with you today. Uh, we are going to talk about the case, and it exposes students to the real-world situation, as it may imply to a non-for-profit organization, and this is very much in keeping with McEwen University as an implied, uh, uh, applied science institution. So Edmonton Opera Association was founded in 1963 as a non-for-profit uh, art organization, and it aims to provide audience with uh, compelling productions that combines music, songs, and theater. And over the years, Edmonton Opera had been successful in providing its service, but in 2020, everything had changed. Just when it had almost recovered from a deficit reported in 2012, the global COVID-19 pandemic occurred, and an economic slowdown followed. So the Edmonton Opera's board of directors thought to understand how the pandemic would impact its operation. And to this end, it assigned one of its board members who possess a financial background to conduct the financial statement analysis. And that is where the decision must be made. Analysis of non-for-profit oriented organization differs from that of profit-driven companies rather than focusing merely on increasing returns to shareholders as profit oriented organizations do. Non-for-profit organizations have concerns such as making social impact, improving the community, uh, advancing other philanthropical efforts, and evaluating the social impact is not easy, and this analysis aspect is viewed as a practical gap. There is no common agreement among academics and practitioners on a set of ratios suitable for non-for-profit organizations, and often ratio selection depends on size purpose operations of a specific non-for-profit. So as a result, non-for-profits rely on budget compliance, attaining grant conditions and regulatory fulfillment. So on top of that, there is no benchmarks available to complete a cross-sectional ratio analysis comparing the performance 
of Edmonton Author Association performance, for example, with other arts organizations of similar size peers. So as a result, uh, financial statement analysis of non-for-profit organization based on Edmonton Author activities is viewed as one of the principal issues of the case and unique learning tool for students and practitioners. So, and now I would like to ask questions. Um, Mr. Kinlisite, do you believe that financial statement analysis is essential for organization and its stakeholders, for example, for its donors? Uh, for sure. I mean, everybody that uh, is providing funds to the Edmonton Opera, whether it be uh, a personal donor, a, a corporate donor, or federal, provincial, government uh, uh, grant uh, providers, they want to make sure that we're using the funds uh, in a very effective and the most efficient way that we can. So the only way to have that third party uh, validation that we're using the money prudently is through financial statements. What are some of the challenges of financial analysis and of uh, performance evaluation of non-for-profit organizations that you can share with us? Well, and in particular with Edmonton Opera, there's so many nuances uh, to putting on a production. And before I was involved on the Opera board, I would never have thought of how many pieces go into every production and and those pieces differ materially from uh, production to production. So you can't even meaningfully uh, compare uh, budgets for one production to the other. Um, you don't have, in operating companies, uh, you have divisions, you have your historical um, results that you can compare, you have your in-house benchmarks. It's very hard for us to have in-house benchmarks because, as I said, each production, all of the cost parameters vary, uh, can be very significant variances. So um, that's our biggest challenge. Thank you for that. And uh, in 2018, Edmonton Opera was part of a joint venture, the first co-production of La Traviata, which involved five Canadian opera companies. And we do understand that collaborative operations promote uh, financial stability through enhanced capacities, cost sharing, additional networking, and among other things. What are some of the challenges and risks associated with the joint ventures? And on a side note, maybe you can share with us how this risk uh, can be mitigated. Okay. First of all, uh, you've got five different uh, organizations. We're all in the same business, so to speak. But... Uh, we all have different cultures within those organizations. We have different management styles. Uh, so there can be a, a communication uh, challenge in that are we, 
we're all speaking English, but are we speaking the same language? Um, so to me, that was probably the biggest challenge. But uh, I think everyone got on the same page pretty quickly where we could see the benefits of uh, a cost-sharing situation. If we all put on the same show, but uh, came up with the sets and costumes independently, the costs would have been uh, prohibitive. So we were able to spread those costs over five uh, cities, which make it much more cost effective and certainly a better use of, of each organization's cash. Um, as it turned out, it worked out really well um, and and part of that was that we had a loan from Opera Canada and uh, there was very clear uh, contractual agreements in place relative to how the loan would work first of all and how it would get uh, repaid and what the responsibilities of the five uh, opera companies were. So we went in with pretty clear uh, guidance on how, how this uh, program was going to work. Excellent. So this case was written as a field-based case. And there is a belief that the field-based cases uh, where the source or case source and its data rests with a real organization, these cases are more effective than other types of case cases, such as like published source case. Do you agree with this statement? And if yes, why do you think so? Uh, for sure. I definitely agree. Uh, remembering back to the day when I was a university student, which may have been a while ago. Um, it, I would, the key factors, the key learnings in any case study always resonated uh, with me and my uh, co-students way better when we knew we were dealing with a real entity rather than a hypothetical situation. Um, it led to a lot of a lot of things that we could do. We could actually go talk to the management and staff of that company. Uh, we could talk to customers, uh, trade suppliers, that sort of thing. So as a young student, it really helped uh, us build our confidence uh, dealing with outside people, asking them questions, and uh, bringing a different perspective when it's a hypothetical case, there's no one really um, to talk to. So I don't think I don't think as a student you buy in when you're when you're playing make believe. But when you're playing with uh, or not playing uh, when you're meeting with uh, real people and dealing with real issues that are, are happening right then and there, uh, like I say, it just resonates better. Absolutely, absolutely, I cannot agree with you more. So my last question to you, um, Ken, is writing a case 
study is one way to stimulate my and hopefully my students' research interests. What is it in it for you, Ken? What are some tangible or intangible benefits for you or maybe your organization? What are some of your thoughts? Uh, for myself, I think it's that uh, pa- pass it on. I had I had uh, very good mentors as I was uh, learning the business world. So if I can help any students in in some small way, it it's a good thing and it f- feels good. Uh, for the opera organization, uh, to me, it's a huge win uh, because our demographic is getting older. A lot of us are pretty set in our ways and we're seeing things one way. Um, bringing in some young people with slightly different viewpoints is a great thing because they can question the status quo uh, so bring some different ideas that we have to take a look at and also it's a great thing for the opera for younger people to learn about us and the more they learn uh, you know they they could really start enjoying this art form as well so so to me this is a great win-win Thank you, Ken. Always a pleasure working with you. Thank you very much. This has been an episode of Case Champion Conversations. Support for the conversation is provided by McEwen University's 50th Anniversary Celebration Committee, the School of Business, and the Faculty of Fine Arts and Communications. Case Champion Conversations are created by William Way, Mike Annette, Markaran Gulawani, Teresa Chica James, Claire Dang, and Victor Bilodeau. And this episode is hosted and produced by Brittany Eklund, recorded and edited by Dylan Cave. Executive producer is Ray Barry. 